0: So Money, episode 29, Rachel Cruz.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking
0: profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to Snow Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today's guest was raised by a highly successful celebrity parent who knows a thing or two about money, to say the least. For Rachel Cruz, growing up as the daughter of Dave Ramsey, was a powerful character-building experience that helped her establish good habits early on in life. She wrote about those lessons in her book entitled Smart Money, Smart Kids, co-authored with her dad. And it debuted number one on the New York Times bestsellers list. Rachel's now a seasoned communicator and presenter who's been speaking to groups as large as 10,000 for more than a decade. And she uses those early experiences from growing up in the Ramsey household to educate America's students and young adults on how to handle money and, and stay out of debt. Now, three takeaways from my time with Rachel. She shares... Uh, how she didn't always get it right with her money. In fact, she takes us down memory lane and explains a very uh, memorable time uh, making a financial failure at age 16 and how her dad taught her the lesson. She talks about how having a higher income doesn't always fix problems and something I think we'd all like to know, how to not raise lazy, entitled children. And if you're not a parent yet, it's okay. Take some notes anyway. You'll need them later. Here is Rachel Cruz. Rachel Cruz, welcome to So Money, my friend. It's great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I, uh, I, I so admire uh, so all the work that you've done, and so, it seems like in such little time. It's like almost recently you graduated from college, and now you're still a young adult making strides, helping other young adults with their money, and of course. Uh, It it, it must be said, you are Dave Ramsey's daughter, so you grew up in an environment where personal finance was probably uh, a very common topic. Do you almost feel like it was in your DNA to become someone, as an adult now, someone who helps people with their money?
1: Well, I think, you know, a lot of people have this this idea of probably what it was like growing up as Dave Ramsey's kid. And thankfully, it's probably not what they assume. I think a lot of people think that we had, like, mutual fund parties and budget <laughs> meetings all the time. And thankfully, that, that wasn't the case. But, you know, Mom and Dad, they were very, very intentional with teaching us how money works and how to handle it uh from a from a very young age so i think that that maturity when it comes to money in that sense uh was was part of my dna you could say but really the 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 calling of going out and helping other people you know i um i look at that as such a
0: gift and such a, a fun part of my life and your your new book uh, not so new anymore, but it's still a very popular book. It's uh, called Smart Money, Smart Kids. You co-wrote this with your father. Number one bestseller, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so, so much. I know. Uh, well,
1: we saw those lists come out. I was like, okay. That means a lot of people <laughs> bought the book, which means there'll be a lot of money, smart
0: kids in America coming up, hopefully. <laughs> what do you think is the the differentiating lesson in your book? I mean, there have been a lot of books for young adults for kids.
1: Well, I think it was an interesting perspective that the book had because it was Dad and I that wrote it together. So you hear the perspective of the parents, which was Dad's side, uh, which I think a lot of parents can relate to. And then my version, my perspective was really as a kid, you know, what was it like growing up in a house where money was a priority and it was talked about uh, and, and it was taught to us from an early age. So I think people found that uh, very interesting. But, you know, our, our message overall is really to inspire people to do well with their money I think uh, some people take the approach of more of the math part of money and personal finance and they use you know these huge words that it's very intimidating to grasp and we're kind of just everyday people just telling our story and and what we've done the good the bad and the
0: ugly and I think a lot of people just resonated with that mm-hmm. what is interesting about your history growing up in the Ramsey household, is that your parents weren't always financially successful. In fact, you mentioned on your website that you watched your parents go through bankruptcy and then succeed. What was that like? What was it like witnessing that? Yeah, well, I was born actually the year my parents filed for bankruptcy, and so growing up, you
1: know, I mean, it was through this lens of them kind of crawling out of this hole financially speaking. So, so growing up, you know, going to consignment sales, not going on vacation, not going out to eat, you know, watching mom and dad make these sacrifices with their own lifestyle, which trickled down to us kids. Uh, but now looking back, I'm like, gosh, they were amazing that they did that they didn't give in and just say well, we're going to just charge things on credit cards and go deeper in debt because we just want all this stuff right now they really did make those sacrifices so I'm thankful I had that foundation so as they became more successful uh financially speaking you could say that uh that that foundation was under all of us of just kind of the humility when mm-hmm. it
0: comes to money I like that the humility that comes to money well it kind of transitions us well now to a financial philosophy that you, Rachel, uh, aspire to, that you've inherited perhaps over the years that you are uh, would like to share. What's a money mantra that's important to you?
1: I love the idea that a higher income doesn't always fix your problems. I've heard so many people say, well, if I could just make more money, I could save for retirement, or if I could just make more money, I'd. Happy Okay, just make more money, you know, you fill in the blank. And so what I realized is it's not your income that's always the problem. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's our spending. And just this idea that we have not prioritized our spending and our money wisely that we're making choices every day that are affecting things long-term, like saving up for kids' college or funding retirement, those kinds of things. And so I just want people to know kind of that this idea that if I just had more money, it would be better. That's not always the case.
0: It's so true. You know, I, I speak to a lot of young adults in this country as well, and that's a common theme is that many people feel, and and for, honestly, you know, making Starting salaries today, you know, st- salaries have been stagnant. It's true, you're perhaps not making as much as uh, you should or would like to be making, but that doesn't mean that you should h- stall savings, that you shouldn't be contributing to your retirement account, because the fact is, the older that you get, Guess what? You might be making more money, but you're going to have more responsibilities, right? You might have kids. You might have a mortgage. You might have. Yes. Uh, so it, it's it's all relative. Uh, it's not like all things stand still and you're just making all this more money. Your life grows as well, and so do your perhaps your finance your financial obligations. So getting in the habit of saving early on is yes. is
1: priceless. Yeah. And I look at money as kind of a magnifying glass. It makes you more of what you already are. So if you, even if we, with, when you're making a small salary starting out, if you're saving, if you're giving, if you're budgeting and you're being wise with your money and you get more money, that's going to be expanded, the wisdom of how you have handled money. But if you're making stupid decisions, if you're not being wise and you get handed more money, then those problems are just going to magnify. So you really want to know that even if you just have a little you're handling, handling handle it well.
0: Yes, yes. Well, Rachel, I'm curious to go back again to your childhood and and have you share with us a money memory, one of your earliest money memories that is still very clear. And you almost, you look at that moment and you think, wow, that really transformed or shaped a lot of how I think about money today.
1: Well, some of my earliest memories when it comes to money has to do around the subject of work. Mom and dad were very uh convinced that they were not going to raise lazy kids entitled kids and so they made us work and work around the house and not only just work but we were taught that money comes from work money doesn't just come from mom and dad's back pocket and so if you wanted a dollar you had to go do something productive to make a dollar and so I look back, I'm like, that was such a great foundational lesson for me. Because as I travel around the country, and I talk to, you know, young adults and adults. I mean, there's some 35-year-olds who don't have this work connection. And so I think for me, it was just so good to understand that, that that's where money comes from. And when you earn your own money, how differently you handle it versus if you were just handed money. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that's a huge lesson that mom and dad taught us.
0: So then when it comes to allowance, what's your take on that? Because sometimes parents give their kids an allowance without attaching it to any kind of unique work.
1: Yeah, I actually hate the word allowance. We were always on commission growing up is what mom and dad called it. So again, this idea that you work, you get paid, you don't work, you don't get paid. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was something that they stuck to. Now, it wasn't that they deprived us from everything. I mean, you know, they were we were kids. They were parents. I mean, obviously, you know, it, this wasn't a very legalistic thing. But the overall principle reigned true in our house from as early as I can remember that, yeah, you're on commission, that if you don't do the work, you don't get paid. And and, and that's great for so many reasons. But another reason is, especially with kids, is, is again, when they earn their own money, they give it differently. They save it differently. They spend it differently. And if you were just handed money. And when they make a mistake, they feel those consequences. And so what 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 a blessing to have those mistakes being made on a very small scale Mm -hmm. under your roof as a parent versus the very first time they're handling their own money is out on their own at eighteen on a college campus or out buying their first car on a car lot after, you know, college graduation. I mean, that's where you can make some devastating mistakes with money the older you get. So so those lessons were learned from a young age and for that I, I am I'm so grateful.
0: How about failure, Rachel? I mean, I I assume that we all have our financial fails, our moments where we're less proud. But what would you say is one moment in your life that you would characterize as a financial fail? But then what did you also learn from that experience?
1: Yeah, I think one of my, uh, it kind of goes back to my childhood again. I hate to keep going back there, but I I was 15 and mom and dad, uh, when you turn 15, you get your own checking account in our house. So we were in charge of this money that was in this account each month and we had to budget it and we had to keep up with our accounts. And so I had mine for about three months and I got a letter from the bank and I had bounced three checks is what this letter had informed me. So if you can imagine being Dave Ramsey's (laughs) kid and bouncing three checks, it was not very good. And, and dad actually made me go down to the bank and in person apologize to the bank manager or the branch manager for lying to him because I told him I had money in his bank to spend and I didn't and I still wrote three checks and so that's considered a lie is what dad told me so I had to go and, and, and ask for forgiveness and all of this stuff so that was a very uh scarring moment at
0: 15. Seconds. I have sinned I have sinned oh my gosh
1: yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So I have not impression. bounced a check since, so my lesson was learned, and, and I've learned how to reconcile my checking account, and, and I do that now religiously. I, I definitely know what's in my account, so I, do remember, I don't bounce
0: checks. Do you remember what you had written those checks for? And I, I have to believe that you just didn't know, because it's happened to all of us. I've bounced probably you know, more m- more checks I'm willing to admit in college because I didn't check my account every day. I was using the ATM receipt as my financial advisor. Yeah. And that yes. only updates, you know, ever so often, so it's not uh real time. Oh yeah.
1: And, and and I was fifteen, so I mean I know it was probably a store at the mall. You know, it's probably like going to the food court, I probably balanced, you know, a debit card swiping of, of ninety nine cents for a taco. I mean, you know, I'm sure it was it was so in, insignificant and, and such a fifteen year old move, you know, that I look back. But but again, kind of going back to my last one, I'm like, you know, I'm glad I went through that whole lesson. Some would say probably extreme, making me go down to the bank and apologizing. But 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 going through all those emotions at fifteen and not twenty five, you know, feeling that weight early in life. And so yeah, it um, yeah, it, it's a funny a funny Dave Ramsey kid story for sure.
0: Oh, my gosh. We've (laughs) all been there. And that 99-cent, like, bounced taco or whatever that you bought at the food court probably became – you know, 35 Oh, exactly. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. The yeah. most expensive taco I've ever eaten in my life which was probably like during that day.
0: <laughs> All right. So let's talk about a So Money moment, Rachel, a time in your life where you ex- achieved financial uh, success. And I'm sure there have been many moments for you, but what's one that really stands out and that you've learned a lot from? My first thing that came to my mind was kind of my first big purchase I ever made in my life, and that
1: was for my first car. Uh, mom and dad were big on us growing up that they, they told us that they were going to pay for half of our car. So whatever money we saved, they would match it and dad would call that his 401 days plan. (laughs) And so we, we had to work and save up for that car. And so at at 16, uh, I had saved $8,000. So I got a $16,000 car paid for with cash at 16 years old. And I remember that day so so well. We went, you know, we we went and looked at cars and shopped around. It was such a process because I was holding on to that money so tightly because I'd worked so hard for it. And and I found the car I wanted, and we got a great deal. And I remember writing that check and and making that purchase, and that was huge for me, absolutely huge. And just uh, that moment of realizing, okay, I. can up and pay for some big things. It's going to take me a little while, mm-hmm. uh, but if I have the patience, I really can do that. And so that's really just kind of been a, a string throughout my life. And even now into adulthood with my husband, you know, whether it's a, we just took a great five-year anniversary trip. And so the thought of putting that on a credit card wasn't even a thought. Like we we were never going to go into debt for that vacation. We were going to save up and pay for it. And so, and over time, you know, we did that. And, and for that, I'm like, I, that, that just gave me the confidence buying that first car, that I can't. I can save up and pay for things if I'm willing to sacrifice and have the patience for it.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the car, Rachel? I don't think you ever mentioned that.
1: It was a. the year? Two thousand BMW. Whoa. Actually, yes, it was a great car, and we got it at a great a great deal sixteen thousand dollars for that that what? black BMW. Now, whenever I see one, I'm like, oh, that was a really nice car. Okay, <laughs> I, don't I want it back. So <laughs> let
0: me get this straight: you walk into the car dealership with Dave Ramsey. I suspect the car salesman going to be sweating. Yeah, he's, he's probably panicking a little bit, right? I know, I know. Yeah, I know. And then we're kind of watching Dad negotiate. It was
1: a, it, it wasn't on a, I think it was a car dealership because we went in and, and talked to the guy, and then I watched Dad kind of negotiate with them, and and watch that whole process unfold. So yeah, he um he definitely gave to because that's all we had was sixteen thousand dollars, not mm-hmm. a penny more. And so we're, um that was like we're gonna walk away if this isn't, you know uh, the yeah. deal we
0: get. So I was gonna say that's like yeah. that sounds like a Dave Ramsey move. Like, okay, well we don't we can always go someplace else. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the negotiating tactic that that's
1: not good enough. That's what he said about exactly. the price. That's not good enough.
0: <laughs> well, that is so money. How about a So Money ritual, Rachel, a habit, a financial habit that you do daily or weekly that helps keep your money in check? I do a process. It's kind
1: of old school, but is the envelope system. And so the envelope system is, my husband and I, once we do our budget every month, the categories that we tend to overspend on, so it's mostly me because I'm the spender of the relationship. He's more of the natural saver. But for me, it's you know my my clothing invo- my clothing budget, uh, my personal budget, um, food, out to eat. You know these categories that I, I can so splurge on. I cash those out, whatever we've budgeted, and I put them in these clips. And so each clip is designated for a certain category. So when I go shopping, I take my clothing quote unquote envelope that clip system and I take that out and I spend that money on clothes or if I'm going out to eat or if I'm grocery shopping I have money allotted for that and so I use that every day I mean whether it's a target run or I'm getting my nails done something that envelope system gets pulled out every day and so that just helps me really stay on track with our budget and and it's great because it it gives me kind of a, a guideline a guardrail of if I'm spending too much or if I'm dwindling down on the grocery budget, and I'm like, okay, we have one more week in this month, I have to make this money work. Uh, it just gives me such a great visual.
0: Now, did you did you turn to this habit because of some bad experiences where you were maybe maxing out credit cards or you were spending more than you really should have? Like, What made you transition to the envelope system? Well, for
1: me, I recognize that I am a natural spender, and I think people are either natural savers or spenders, and so... As a natural spender, I, well, I've never had a credit card in my life, so I haven't had to worry about uh, overspending on a credit card. I haven't had that. I've just had a checking account. Uh, but I, I'm like anyone else, you know, you go in and, you know, Target's the best example. I love Target, but it's like a black hole. I mean, you go in and you end up buying so much more than what you were oh, even you don't needing. have to tell me that, Rachel. Yeah, right, right. And you walk out, you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I just spent all that money, you know, on these <laughs> things. I didn't even need half of them. And so for me, it was just a good accountability point. So mm. I think, you know, after after I got married especially... Winston and I, uh, as we started looking at budgets and looking at my my spending habits, I was like, gosh, I really am a natural spender. I I can spend money so easily, so quickly. So that was kind of the point where I was like, okay, I need to grow up. I need to be a little bit more responsible and actually stick to this budget. Uh, And so it's really, really helped me.
0: You mentioned something interesting, which is that you don't have a credit card. Is that still true? It is still true. Yeah, I've never, I have never had a credit card. And is this something that you take pride in or is just something you've never just, it's just never happened for you or what? What's what's the thinking behind that?
1: I, I would say I do take pride in it. I I believe that there is no quote unquote good debt. I believe in living completely debt free where you don't owe anyone anything and, and for multiple reasons, but one being too, that you, you end up spending more. On a credit card than you would if you're spending your own money, and so I've learned that. And I just, you know, I, I kind of look at it. I'm like, you know, if you play with snakes, you're going to get bit. People throw out the whole airline miles and the and the, po- the credit card points they get, all of this. And I'm like, you know, I don't even want to mess with that. I would rather just live within my live below my means, uh, spend my own money each month, and I don't have to worry about you know writing a check to to Mastercard because mm-hmm.
0: once I've spent the money, it's it's done and it's over with. Do you find that that's impacted your credit score or you don't even care because you know it's it's a, a non-issue I mean in terms of establishing credit credit cards can be helpful if they're used responsibly has that been a hindrance you know it really hasn't and I actually you know my, my credit
1: my credit score it can't be calculated because part of your credit score is right or all of your credit score mathematically is based on debt uh, so I I have not had a credit score but no I mean I've been able to, to do everything else that I've I've needed to do
0: in life without one hmm Wow that's inspiring all right Rachel we're almost wrapping here and before we go we have our so money fill in the blanks are you ready oh good I can't wait (laughs) yes all right if you won the lottery tomorrow let's say a hundred million dollars maybe even more what's the first thing you would do with the money
1: the first thing I would do is my money I don't want to be cliche here but I would say I would give I would give part of that away first and foremost, and then I'd probably go buy my dream home in a dream neighborhood here in Nashville that i pass by and aspire to live in one day. So I think
0: I would do that. I think I'd go buy a dream home. <laughs> You've already driven by this home. You know exactly what it looks like. Yeah, I, 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 there's about two or three <laughs> that I would be okay with, and maybe if I had 100000000 million, I'd buy all three
1: and just yeah. decide which one i want. <laughs> there might be a little bit of money left over.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The one thing, the one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better or both is yes. There's a, a a
1: program called e-meals and it helps you with your meal planning, and it helps you stick on a budget, stay on a budget, and helps you with your weekly meals. Because coming home and cooking has been such like a it's it's not fun for me. So this has helped me. Plan out my meals. Plan out my grocery budget. I love it.
0: E meals. Interesting. E meals. Yes. Look I, it up. I'm gonna oh, check it out. Change my life. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spent a lot of money on is. Oh, I would say spa, spa stuff. Whether it's nails or
1: a massage. I'm six months pregnant, so I've used that excuse, and I need a prenatal massage. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I've, I've done that. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, I would say, oh, I love, I love some spa treatments.
0: I'm so happy for you. Congratulations, Rachel. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. How do you feel? Uh, I feel great. Yeah, I've... Um, yeah, I,
1: I really I feel relatively normal. I'd say for this yeah. basketball that's forming. I know.
0: <laughs> well, I <laughs> so, just uh, yeah, I feel good. Oh, well, that's great. Well, it you know it, it gets better if if it's, you're doing good now. It gets even better. I just became a parent myself, and it's the oh, the, you did. Yeah, it's everything they tell you and more. So I look forward oh, to so you great, boy it. or girl. A oh, boy. Okay, so
1: wonderful. So yeah, so yeah. great.
0: Aw, wonderful one thing that i wish i had known about money growing up is is that life gets very
1: expensive the older you get (laughs) i think i was semi-prepared for it but when you're sitting there and writing you know insurance checks and property tax and you know all these checks on every month and every year
0: life is just expensive and when you have children, it's exponentially increasing. I know, right, right. Talk
1: to, me, talk to me about four months, and I'll probably yeah, add
0: yeah. to that for sure. <laughs> well, all the things that my husband and I had to plan and prepare for prior to our son being born, I mean, everything from life insurance to uh, we started a college fund for him before he was even born. Call it crazy, but we just figured yes. college isn't going to be cheaper when he's 18. It's going to be a lot more money. Uh, Absolutely. We, you know, we bought a car. We, so it's just your life. You grow up very quickly once you uh, decide to have a, ki- a kid.
1: Yes, yeah, things change and and financially as well. Yeah, I'm I'm entering that baby world of <laughs> doing nurseries and all that. I'm like, oh my gosh. My biggest just tip: more money. The more money t- you
0: spend. <laughs> my biggest tip for you is to have a. Big registry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I have as many showers as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. Enjoy it while you can. Exactly. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because?
1: I like to give to a ministry called Young
0: Life because it
1: made a huge impact in my life in college. And, and I just love it so, so much. So
0: we give to that. Right on. And finally, Rachel, I'm so money because because i am intentional with my money i would Mm -hmm. say yes yes well i live on purpose thank you thank you thank you rachel cruz this has been a really fun interview and i'm so excited for you and all that's going to be in unfolding for you in 2015 yes well thank you so so
1: much i appreciate it thanks for having me on this was so fun
0: And that's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Rachel, check out our website, rachelcruise.com, and you can follow her on Twitter, at Rachel Cruz. Her book, again, is called Smart Money, Smart Kids. We have all the links for where to find Rachel at somoneypodcast.com, and that's also where you can find the transcript and comments for this interview and all previous episodes. And keep your questions coming. Go to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and ask me a question about money, life career uh maybe the podcast a lot of you are asking me actually about the podcast and i love those kinds of questions and i try to answer as many as possible the following weekend on this podcast so i hope to hear from you and in the meantime i hope your day is so money